So this morning, we get to talk about hearing the voice of God. We've been in this series um, talking about how God is a good heavenly father, how he loves to communicate with his kids, how he speaks to us, guides us, encourages us. We've been listening to his voice together. It's been really great. And at some point in time, the question always comes up. Cool. God communicates with us. But how do I know it's actually God talking to me? How do I know that it's his voice? Um, we, we did a series about this with the youth group. Guess what the number one question is when we open up for discussion time? How do I actually know it's God? And not my own idea. We'll be, I'll be talking with, with friends and I'll, I'll share something. You know, I kind of felt God nudging me in this direction or I, you know, I was praying and I kind of felt God speaking this to me and people will be like, yeah, you know, it might also be, you know, some idea in your subconscious, you know, fair enough. Um, talking with many of you, uh, some of you have very big decisions coming up and you need to know, is this from God? Because if it is, that changes everything, right? If this is from God, Good, you're sold. It's done. If it's not, well, then all bets are off. I want to know, is this really God speaking to me or is this my own good idea? Is this my morning cup of coffee? Because, hey, you give me a good cup of coffee and I have some amazing ideas for how to save the world. So this morning, we're going to talk about what the Holy Spirit sounds like, what his voice sounds like. And I really believe, guys, it's just not that hard. The Bible gives us some good advice, gives us some clear guidelines. And most of all, God wants to speak to us. He wants to communicate with us. So we're going to dig into that this morning. Let's pray as we get started. Jesus, thank you for calling us together in this place today. We want to hear from you. We want to know you. We want our lives to be more and more in line with your will and your calling for us. We believe that you are leading us into good places. You have good things for us, Jesus. So we open our hearts and our minds to you this morning. We've given you a little bit of our time this morning, and we give you our attention. Would you come and speak to us, speak to us through the words of, of, of your Bible this morning. We welcome you here in this place, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Well, as we get started, guys, I want to introduce you to someone. Come on up, Katie. We we happen to be related, actually. You want to say something? Well, Stephen Watson always says being a twin is a cheap party trick. (laughs) So I think he knows more about parties than we do, probably. He was cooler. Um, so yeah, thanks for having me at the party. You know, I just don't have a very interesting life. So when my sister visits from Chicago, thanks. <laughs> Got to make the most of it, right? Um, Katie and I really actually never had much opportunity to partake of the great twin tradition of pulling pranks through most of middle school and high school. Most people knew the both of us. And if you really know the both of us, you can tell the difference. So when we went to college, all of a sudden, we had people who did not know the both of us. I was at college in Hartford. She went to Ohio. So about midway through freshman year and in October, we, we really wanted to see each other, see each other's uh, colleges, meet each other's friends. And 
we have the golden opportunity to partake in the great tradition of Twinda. So I, uh, I really liked my freshman year roommate. We got along great. I said, Kristen, we're going to get Kristen. So I drew Katie a nice map of my dormitory. I drew her a map of my dorm room. Here is where my bed is. Here is where my roommate's bed is. This is my closet. This is my desk. I gave her my backpack, and it was a very good map. She went, made her way right to my room, turned my key, went on in, sat down on my bed, kicked off her shoes into the right spot, said, hey, Kristen, how was your day? I've given her some talking points. She did very well in her conversation. After about 10 minutes, it really seemed like she had been living with the girl for six weeks. Um, she asked about her game. And the game did not go so well. And Katie said, oh, well, you know, at, at least you tried your best. My roommate looked at her and said, oh, well, at least you tried your best. Oh, well, at least you, you know, it just doesn't sound like something my roommate would say. Oh, well, at least you tried your best. It, it just doesn't sound like something she would say. And then she kind of freaked out. And I walked in the room a minute later, and eventually she forgave me. Well, we didn't know each other very well at that point in time, but based on how we had interacted for the last six weeks, based on that phase, that stage of our relationship, that just simply did not sound like something I would have said. And folks, this morning, I think we can know fairly easily. We do not have to be super spiritual. We do not have to be very advanced in our faith. I think we can know fairly easily when something does not sound like something Jesus would say. You know, sometimes we can come up with things like, oh, you know, God just, God just wants me to be happy, so I'm going to do this. Jesus was kind of a radical dude. Really? Or conversely, we, we can come up with things like, you know, God says I'm a sinner, and, and I should have done that, and I should have done that, and I ought to have been better. Really? Would Jesus say that to people? When Jesus talked to people in the Bible, he said things like, come, follow me. He said things like, what, what do you want? Tell me what you want. He said, son, your faith has healed you. Hey, I'm going to have dinner with you tonight. He said, Mary, Peter, Nathaniel. He spoke people's names with love. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. Jesus is God with us in human form here with us. The Holy Spirit is the voice of Jesus. He speaks the words of Jesus to us. Jesus is God with us, God for us, on team, you and me. The Holy Spirit is the voice of our biggest advocate, our, our biggest fan, the one who loves me. We can think that if we dig in through all this faith thing, We'll find judgment. We'll find condemnation in there somewhere. Sure, sure, God loves me. He, he made me. Sure, you know, Jesus died for me. He, he loves me. But if we dig in far enough, we'll find judgment, right? The Bible speaks about it. You know, we'll find the you ought to have been betters. We'll find the tis, tis, tis. We'll find the I told you so's. Yes, the, the Bible speaks about judgment. In the light of God's love, our hate is judged. That is not the character of God, the nature of God is all love, all love for us. When we dig down deep into who God is, all we will ever find is, is vast subterranean pools of pure love for us. The Holy Spirit speaks the voice of God out of the nature of God, and all that it is, all that's there, 
is love for us. Our best advice on what the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds like comes from Jesus. We're going to be looking at John 15 this morning. This is Jesus's, uh, one of his final uh, teachings or speeches to his followers. He lays out a lot of things. It's a longer passage. We're going to be skipping around in it this morning. Um, But he lays out a lot, especially about the Holy Spirit. So let's hear what he has to say. He starts out, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. I think sometimes we don't think enough about how much Jesus just loved the guys who were around him. He says, remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obeyed my Father's commandments and remained in his love. I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. So he promises the Holy Spirit says, I'll send you the spirit of truth, skipping down to the end of his teaching. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Jesus is not going to tell them everything about the future. They need to listen to the Holy Spirit. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. The disciples could not handle the full revelation of Jesus at that point in time. They had to go through the cross, rock bottom, three days of Jesus being dead, the valley of the shadow of death. They had to see the glory of the resurrection. They had to see the power of the ascension. They had to hang out praying for 50 days for the Holy Spirit to come at Pentecost in a new way. They had to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You can't rush your, your soul's journey. They had to know who they were and know who Jesus was as they started ministry, as they, they um, started the first churches. Jesus said, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. And I submit to you today that Jesus says the same thing to us. There is so much more he wants to tell us And we may not be able to bear it today, this morning, this Sunday, but there is so much more that Jesus wants for us, that he wants to communicate with me and with you. Jesus has given us the spirit of truth. He will tell us about the future. He wants to speak to us. It is part of his plan and his words come from the heart of the Father to us. So he says, remain in my love and I will lead you in the spirit of truth. I will tell you about the future. I will send you the advocate. This is not our church's, you know, big idea or our theology. This is not wishful thinking. These are the words of Jesus to us. Amen. Okay. So Jesus starts out his teaching um, to his disciples on the Holy Spirit by talking about love. That's interesting. Why, why love? Why not just start talking about the Holy Spirit? 
Well, we believe that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, that God exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one. It's this big mystery. God exists in relationship, in unity, and in love. It's the essence of who God is. And there's something very powerful about this. God equals love. What's the outer layer of him? Love. What's the inner core of him? Love. And the Holy Spirit is love. When we come through all we find in the Bible, many volumes, tomes of theology, when we have lived out our lives, many experiences, when we have entered into the holy places of God, all we will ever find is God's love for us. So Jesus says, remain in my love. The Holy Spirit comes in love and the Holy Spirit moves in love. This gives us the the key to the whole thing. Love is the frequency that we dial into. Love is the siren. It's the, the signal. Love is the spotlight in which we need to position ourselves. God equals love. The Holy Spirit is love. If we want the Holy Spirit to, to find us, we go to love. If we want to find the Holy Spirit, we go to love. Love is our meeting spot with the Holy Spirit. If you have a favorite coffee shop to, to meet your best friend at, if you have a spot on the couch that's perfect for you and your spouse, if you have a place you like to play with your dog, a corner of the playroom with your kids, the kitchen table with your mother, that's what love is like for us and the Holy Spirit. It's where we meet him. The Holy Spirit comes in love. So it will sound more like invitation and less like obligation. Jesus said, come, follow me. It's not like God pats us on the back and says, "Uh, I like you, you're good enough as is. We follow Jesus. We follow the way of the cross, but it's a grand adventure, not mandatory service. It will sound like faith, not fear. We, we people, we, we make decisions out of fear. We are generally risk adverse. We have so much holding us back, but faith calls us forwards. And the spirit of God calls us forwards and casts out the spirit of fear. I think we can kind of tune into this. I think that we can position ourselves for love and nurture love. I think about it when um, I'm in prayer, kind of like a radio. You know those radios you actually had to tune to get to the right station. Yeah, we tried to give one to our kids. It was, it, it didn't work. They're like, something is wrong with this radio. But you have to tune into the right station and you scroll past the wrong station. Like, oh, who would listen to that music? Don't want that. There's a lot of stack. And then you find the right station, scroll a bit too far past. You got to go back, right? And when I come to a place of prayer and I want to hear the Holy Spirit, there's some wrong stations out there. There's, there's stress. There's my to-do list. There's, you know, negative thoughts. I've got to tune past those stations. There's kind of the static of of my own mind, my thoughts, how I'm feeling. I want to position myself in that place of love where I receive love from the Holy Spirit. I'm calm and at peace. And it's not like necessarily I'm like actively thinking like thoughts of love, like, Oh, you know, I love my kids. Oh, you know, nice thoughts about, you know, my boss, Rob Davis, three great things about him. You know, it's not that though. It it could be. It's really just a couple of deep breaths 
and receiving God's love for me. Just tuning out the static, letting go of things till I'm in that place, I'm in that position where I'm in a spot of love because that's what the Holy Spirit speaks to us. I think it's really not that hard. We just need to stop and position ourselves. And this is, of course, easier if we do it more frequently. This is not something we could just turn on when all of a sudden we need to phone in a favor and get some advice. Really, nurturing love is the heart of the Christian life. Jesus said the great commandment, love God, love other people. Love God, love other people. And we actually need to do things to nurture love. Listen, very few things actually encourage me to love. Take my kids, for example. Like, oh, of course you're encouraged to love your kids, but am I really? When I look at most of what is out there, mostly I am encouraged to to brag about my kids or complain about them. My kid just got this accolade, like he's doing so well, like sports, academics, yada, yada. Or, you know, if I have to tell my kid to clean up their room one more time, I mean, amen. But, you know, if I have to tell my kid this or why can't kids... And the reality is that my kids can be frustrating and delightful and my orientation to them needs to be the same regardless. I mean, from, from in-laws jokes to stereotypes, from most sitcoms to all social media, it takes work if we are to, to swim upstream to really love complicated and amazing and messy people well. Most, most of my friends and all of my Instagram encourages me to like either uh, compare and compete about my husband or to fall into the Homer Simpson image of my husband. It's either like, I have the best husband in the world. No, really, I do, ladies. I'm sorry. He's all mine. Or, you know, my husband would not survive a day without me. Let's see him try and handle the kids and make one meal without me. Now, really, I do frequently feel like I have hit the marital jackpot. My husband can make lunches all by himself. I feel like I got a pretty great husband. Wow, some people are almost clapping for that. Wow. Wow. (laughs) You know, I feel like I got a pretty great husband, but that's satisfaction. That's not necessarily love. And satisfaction is dependent upon him dependent upon lunchboxes, dependent upon different things. Love is dependent upon me. And I need to do things to nurture love. January was a hard month for this. We were both sick on and off, not like super sick, just sick enough that we did not feel good and we were very tired. The kids were not tired. They had way too much energy. We had way too little energy. And I realized that I was not loving my family like I wanted to. Was I being a bad mom? No. But I was not looking at them with the love and the light that A, makes my life so much nicer and happier. And I wasn't just oriented in that place of love. So I said, well, love is the heart of the Christian life. I'll do something about this. Sometimes when I've got a problem I need to tackle, I'll fast. Ancient Christian Ancient spiritual practice in many religions, you, you, you fast. It's quite helpful to me sometimes. I'm like, no. Hungry mommy is not the way to go about this. This will not improve anything. I said, I want something tangible, concrete, that reminds me to like receive the love of God so I can give it out. And this is going someplace good, guys. I said, I know what I'll do. I'll do a reverse fast. So 
I got uh, a package of candy. Now, picking out this package of candy is important. You know, if I get something that's too popular, you know, it's going to be like, ooh, what's that? I want some. I want some. So I got a package of black licorice. It's not chocolate, guys. I know. It's not chocolate, but it did the trick. And I, I prayed over this package of candy. This will be the last time you ever hear this. But I prayed over this package of candy. I said, Jesus, when I eat one of these pieces of black licorice candy, one, it's you, I mean, usually not more than four. When I eat one of these pieces of candy, would it be a reminder to me, something tangible to receive the sweetness of your love, to receive your grace, and then to give it out? I think it helped, you know, but it was something tangible and concrete. And sometimes it takes getting creative and we need to just be serious about positioning ourselves for love and nurturing love. I don't think this is a tangent in hearing the voice of God. I think developing habits of spiritual love for people is a, the heart of the Christian life and super helpful. If we want to hear the voice of God, we can't hide in the shadows and then just expect to like jump out into the light and receive divine revelation. It just doesn't work that way. Romans 12, two sums it up. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think by changing who you are, make it so much easier for you. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, what is good and pleasing and perfect. Basically, we don't get the roadmap without a working car. We can be changed and transformed, and God will open up his will for us. Next thing in learning to hear the voice of God, I think it always sounds like love for us. It's not abstract. It's also like la, 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 love thing. It's love for us very personal. St. Teresa of Avila said, our souls are a garden in which the Lord delights to walk. Our souls are a garden in which the Lord delights to walk. The Lord loves to hang out in our hearts, in those hidden corners of our personality and our character, who we are. We are the work that God chooses. He is much more invested in the work of your life than he is the work of this church or that charity or that good cause. Jesus loves us and he has great care and concern for our personal life, our spiritual and emotional health. St. Julian said, I have given the keys of my heart to love. I have given the keys of my heart to love. Don't try and arrange meetings or coordinate schedules with the Holy Spirit. Just give him the keys and tell him to come over anytime. It makes things so much easier. And this morning we say yes to that. We say yes to Jesus being love for us, to the Holy Spirit speaking love to us, not in the abstract, but personally to us this morning. We want to receive and believe how much Jesus truly loves us. So the voice of the Holy Spirit is love. And I've got a couple of things that help us to confirm it. Um, the Holy Spirit speaks through the Bible and he speaks through Christian community. You know, the Holy Spirit has friends, guys. The Holy Spirit does not just speak to us. 
The Bible is the primary way that he speaks to us. Like 90% of the time, you know, you read a passage of scripture, something stands out to you. A word just really resonates with you. A story will seem to like describe your entire life. The Bible is the primary way that God speaks to us. Sometimes we'll say, why isn't God speaking to me? Why won't he tell me anything? Why won't he talk to me? Well, he wrote you a whole book. You know, we, we need to read it. So God's not limited in how he speaks to us, nor is he lonely. We, we should not be alone in hearing from God. Uh, if you're, if you've got something you're like, Ooh, I got this and no one else has ever heard of it. It's a totally new, totally different. You're out there alone. That ain't a good sign. If you are departing from like the green pastures of scripture, that is really not a good sign. If my friends say to me, Sarah, that's, Mm, that's kind of different. It's kind of out there for, for who you are, your, your life callings, your passions, your interests. That's, you know, a, an outliner. That's, that's a good sign to me um, that that might not be totally what God is speaking to me. God wants us to flourish. He wants us to flourish in relationships and truth and community. Jesus had a team of 12. He wasn't alone. The Holy Spirit speaks to us in community. He definitely speaks to more than just us. And then lastly, just an encouragement. Just an encouragement. Don't wait. Start listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit now. You know, we can be so concerned with, you know, what's the big decision like a mile away that we forget to take steps here and now. If you are taking steps daily in the right direction, listening to the Holy Spirit, uh, obeying the voice of God, walking in the way of love, you will not end up too far off in your vast destination, your grand destination, right? Take a step, one step, another step. You'll end up in the right spot. For me, God has never led me astray. It has not been as linear as I expected it to be. That is certainly true. But he has always led me to the perfect, perfect place for me. Friends, if I had not known the voice of God, I mean, I would have missed out on so much. Little things that were really beautiful and special. Big things that changed my life. I would have missed out on little things that led to big things. If I had not known the voice of God, I certainly would have never done anything as crazy as going to seminary. I would not have met my husband If I had not known, if I had not known the voice of God, we would never have adopted our girls. We would not be here. I would have missed out on so much if I did not know the voice of God's love for me. We don't want to miss out. God wants to speak to us. He really wants to speak to us. He is our loving Heavenly Father who has good words for us. Let's listen to the voice of God. Let's listen to his voice together. And let's start today. Worship team, if you guys want to come on up, we're, uh, we're going to enter into a time of uh, worship through music. And here's the thing. I think that if we ask our good Heavenly Father, he's going to speak to us. Uh, Let's stand together. Jesus, we thank you that you came in the person of Jesus of Nazareth to show us 
what God looks like, that he is not far off, but that he is near to us. And we thank you that you have sent the Holy Spirit now to guide us and lead us and direct us, that you do not leave us orphans, that your heart is for us in every single thing, from relationships to finances, from the littlest parts of our day, from the beauty of the sunshine to to big life decisions, your heart is for us. So we say, come Holy Spirit. We want to tune into the voice of love. We want to be transformed this morning. We know that you have good plans for us. We trust you. We submit ourselves to your will. We say with the saints of old, we have given the keys of our heart to love. You have the control. You can come. You can do what you want, Holy Spirit. Thank you.